What up, chat? Hey, hey, Denzel. How's things? Things are good. How about for you? Uh, all right. Yeah. All right. Could be better. Could be worse. That's usually the case. Yeah. Yeah. Hoping for better at all times, though. Yeah, that's also <laughs> usually the case. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Welcome to Real Nerd Hours, a podcast ostensibly about nerd shit. A comedy podcast, ostensibly about nerd shit. I'm throwing that in there. We're officially a comedy podcast. But you may not laugh. <laughs> <laughs> not once. Not once. Uh, comedy podcast about nerd shit. You know, anime, movies, music, technology, things of that nature. Waifus. No waifus allowed here. <laughs> None. No waifu talk, ever. Because I'm not some sort of filth. Internet filth. I would use the word degenerate, but that's been taken over by white nationalists. Yeah, that's kind of been co-opted. Yeah, really weird, actually. Yeah, and deplorable. Yeah. I mean, that that one, that was because of Hillary. Yeah. Uh, they like, stole that shit right back. They re- reclaimed it. <laughs> yeah, none of, that, none of that filthy weeb shit out here. No, absolutely not. Oh, boy. All right, well, I'm Denzel. And I'm Chet. Thank you for listening. That that's the end of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. I wish. <laughs> All right, we done, boys. We out. <laughs> it's See such you a next week, week assholes. <laughs> Very little editing time required. <laughs> right. God damn. Well, anyway, Chet, you watch anything over this weekend? Nothing new, Ooh. or at least nothing new for for the show. I watched what happened to Monday. Oh, on cool. Netflix. What'd you think? I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was super cool. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to second the, uh, the recommendation of just check it out. You know, it's, it's a cool setting. I like near future stuff, especially when they, they're like only a little dystopian. And yeah. that's kind of how that was where basically, I don't know if it was the whole world, but I know like at least Europe adopted their, their one child policy yeah and they really were enforcing it (laughs) (laughs) they really were they really were even though like there's a twist in it you can see the twist coming from a mile away yeah like from the beginning of the movie basically yeah no but it was it was a cool movie and i also like i thought they did a really good job of sticking to their premise like they didn't break the rules a bunch and like just kind of fake everything like there, there's one point early on in the movie where well basic premise you have one child policy and there's a set of septuplets and grandpa Willem Dafoe wants them to live and not get thrown into the cryo freeze chambers so that you know he can have his seven granddaughters because who doesn't need seven granddaughters <laughs> Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, one of them ends up... So, well, they, they start they start going outside once per day of the week, and they have to pretend that they're all the same person. They adopt a fake identity, and they're all posing as the same person. Well, one of them injures her finger, and it's bad. It's like they lose the entire last knuckle of their index finger. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. like, it's, it's brutal. So grandpa has to cut off the ends of all of their fingers because they need continuity between them. They can't not have that injury. It's it's way too noticeable. So 
they do a really good job of keeping that can keeping that continuity throughout the whole movie which i got to give props for because they did a, a nice job of it but then like establishing that early and then you you see the lengths that they have to go to just to maintain this persona of them all being the same person despite being seven unique personalities makes things interesting yeah i thought it was a really good movie as well yeah it was very enjoyable to say the least it could have been worse oh yeah certainly yeah yeah (laughs) it was it seemed like a, a nice like indie project that somebody put together yeah yeah, but mm-hmm. even even though it was clearly not like Hollywood blockbuster, it was definitely a cut above just some indie project. Like, yeah, it was well shot. It had good actors. Like, exactly, yeah. exactly. It's like somebody actually wanted to make the project look nice. Yeah, unlike with indie movies where they just say, "Well, it doesn't have to look nice, <laughs> right? It's just got to look good enough." <laughs> yep, it's oh. just. It's, look, it's not it's not Paramount Pictures producing this, so we're not we don't have to shoot to be Paramount Pictures. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, I saw Kingsman: The Golden Circle. Ah, what do you think? It was cool. All right, it was a cool little movie. I you know I'm already tired of that style though. <laughs> like with the first one and the second one. Like I, I get the aesthetic and the style that they're going for, but I'm already tired of it. I think I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, and they also do something in movies that I don't like. What's that? Like, do you mind spoilers? Not really. Spoiler alert for those of you listening: uh, they bring back somebody from one of the previous movies, like one of the dead people. Yeah, or two of the dead people or two people that you think are dead come back for this movie cool yeah and like i don't like the the explanation is plausible in one instance and the other instance it's just like okay 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 so wonderful i i do I encourage people to go watch it. I mean, it's interesting. Like, if you like the first one, you're going to like this one. Okay. And it's it's a fun movie, for sure. It's like a fun action movie. They do mm. well with it. But again, I'm tired of the style. <laughs> I just... I don't even... Like, if they make a third one, I'm not going to go see it. I don't All think. right. Because, like, that... It's exhausting to watch. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you mean, like... The really hyper action that gets like super fast and super slow and like everything's really vivid and like yeah yeah the color palettes that they use fuck with me like when they when they want color they give you color yeah that was that was something I noticed out of the first movie because most color grading in movies tends to lean desaturated because it makes things feel a little bit more dramatic but that movie just bumped it like yo saturation to the fucking max <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh it does a lot with the color it does a lot like i i oh god i enjoyed it yes yeah 100 i enjoyed it but like i i'm i think i'm becoming an old man i can't <laughs> i can't handle it anymore i get like i get it because in the first in the first few minutes of this, like, 
I want to say the first 20 minutes of this, I was just like, all right, I get it. <laughs> God damn, chill. All right, all right. Just chill. I'm very, I'm very get off my lawn right now <laughs> with this movie. <laughs> Hey, ah, oh God. But you anyway. young people in your action movies. Yeah, I mean, it's a cool watch. It's a, it's definitely a cool watch. I keep having to say it because I don't want you, anybody to think that, like, I dislike this movie. I right. liked it. But it's hard for me to watch. <laughs> it's difficult just because of the style. It's yeah. very cool, yeah. though. I feel it. This is a series that I had been watching, actually, for a little bit, but I think just finished it in the last week that i gotta i gotta recommend it's called american vandal it's on netflix and it's it's done in the style of a true crime documentary but it's about a student who draws 27 dicks spray paints them onto the teacher's cars and basically the story is there's a student at this high school that's interviewing the accused student and he's doing this sort of true crime documentary as he's in the middle of investigating it. So whereas, you know, with like making up a murderer, they already know the outcome. They already do all that. But no, this is, this is done as it's happening. Another thing that makes it kind of fun is that it takes place in Oceanside. Like it's at an actual high school, actually oh, in Oceanside. Yeah. I think we talked about this portion of the show because I, this, that specific part of the show because i'm going to give you the same response that i think i gave you before i'm surprised they actually got the budget yeah. to shoot in san diego yeah i don't know it, apparently it was actually done with the hanover high school media department so i don't really know how they got it to work but oh that's cool as shit yeah so i i finally finished that series and i i definitely got to recommend it because it gets spicy <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah. Is it like a fun parody or is yeah, it yeah, like the, super serious? Like it's played straight, but it's definitely a parody. Cause I mean, the whole thing is just talking about drawing dicks. Like one of the, <laughs> one of the first pieces of evidence to like help exonerate him is that this dude is, he's a total fuck up. Like he's a stoner, just total burnout by, by the age of 17. But one of the things is that he always draws dicks just fucking everywhere. He'll just go into a classroom, just whip out a big ass dick on their whiteboard and all that. But he always draws ball hairs on it. Well, on the cars, <laughs> there were no ball hairs. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah, that's that's the kind of content you're looking for here. Sounds pretty dope. Yeah. I'll watch it. I'll watch that in the babysitter this weekend. See how it goes. Yeah. I, I need to ask you something about this true crime shit. What you got? Is this is this like a phenomenon for white people? <laughs> like, for those of you listening at home, like, this is not me, like, for real being racist. Like, this, this, like, I have so many fucking problems with true crime as a genre. Because it's like, it's like this weird fetishization, 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 fetishity Alfredo. We're going back to the well, boys. Fetishization of crime, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's really fucking weird because like, although I do understand that some people are actually working towards getting people off, but something along the lines of my favorite murder, 
where it's them actually just going over murders. The show is called My Favorite Murder, for fuck's sake. Yeah, that has always been super weird for me. I have thought that teaching about serial killers and like making documentaries about them and like yo you guys are literally making these people famous you know that right yeah it's super weird and like the reason why i ask if it's uh specifically a white people thing in my experience yes (laughs) because it's it 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 seems like uh, at least in my experience and possibly your experience our relationship with the justice system is very different (laughs) it's a little more very different (laughs) yeah so it's it's kind of just like i don't want to even like watching law and order is like a stretch for me sometimes like even though i do enjoy it it's like I sometimes it's like real a little bit too close. Well, you know what I mean? Why I'm okay with Law and Order is because they get the right person. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I would be actually more interested in true crime documentaries if they focused more on people who are wrongfully accused and like people getting exonerated and stuff. Because I mean that shit happens all the time, all the fucking time. But they usually, if from what I've seen, they usually focus on people who did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or there's like a question of whether or not they did it. Right. Like it's it's really weird. I got I had a conversation with the girl I'm seeing about this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And like she's way into it. Oh man. She's way into like true crime shit. And I can tell you off rip, it's not for me. Oh uh, yeah, Nikki watches she's not like super into them, but like she'll watch them and I'm just like, mm. No, mm. it's like, no. That like I can't I don't know. I can't wrap my head around like listening to that kind of content. So like I walk into her apartment one day and she's playing a podcast where they basically it's it's somebody who was like wrongfully charged mm-hmm. with something. They they were like accused of robbing and shooting somebody at a 7-Eleven or something like that. Mm-hmm. And like the chain of evidence if you looked at it, it was obviously like wrong like they fucked up the evidence right so they're working to get this guy off and his trial is coming up okay but like it really it's really odd to me like one thing that i definitely have a problem with and i don't think i'll ever get over it is internet sleuthing right Uh, yeah so in this instance on this show like he's got listeners who find witnesses to these sorts of things and like and they're like digging up names and numbers of people who live in the area mildly illegal it sounds like it doesn't it it sounds like it i'm not entirely sure yeah but it's really it's really fucking weird to me yeah it's i don't know man because i just the justice system is fucked up like straight up and down but it's like even a show like uh what was that show the oj one Oh, yeah. The, yeah. Whatever the name of the OJ show was. Like, like, even that was like, why the... F- and, like, white people... Oh, God. <laughs> I don't... So... This is the thing that low-key kind of really pisses me off. And this isn't, like, restricted to white people. That that talk is over at this point. <laughs> it's, it's the same people who, like, who say some shit like, OJ was guilty, but... George Zimmerman 
is innocent. Oh man, it's, yeah. It's and like when you get when you start looking at true crime shit, and it's like fucking people stuffing their faces, eating popcorn, and it's like, oh, this guy definitely did it. Well, hold on, bitch, chill. <laughs> this is somebody's actual life. Like this. It's, luckily, the person that I date is has never been. Uh, God, never mind. She she does that shit where she's like, oh, this guy's totally innocent. But she also has listened to the entire series of episodes about this one case. Yep. So she's developed her own opinion. Yep. But like at the same time, I don't. There's a, something that I find extremely wrong about hunting down witnesses and just internet sleuthing yeah. as a whole because people get things fucked up yeah. like you don't crowdsource an investigation it seems really fucking dangerous to me that, that is a terrible idea to like to get an internet mob to to find out information especially involving witnesses like oh yeah it would be a little different if it was like hey let's all go on this excavation and try and find this scarf this missing piece of evidence that'd be I'm still not for it, but it would be definitely less detrimental. Yeah. But like, if you get a hundred people harassing witnesses, like, yo, what the fuck, y'all? Like, yeah, like, yo, I I said my story. I told you what I saw. I didn't see shit. Stop harassing me. You got like thirty or forty people contacting the same person. Yeah, it's like, yo, man, just leave people the fuck alone. And, ugh. It's really weird to me. It's super weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> all that chat aside. Yep, yep. Today, we learned that there are words that I can't pronounce. Yes. We all... We're all a little stronger for it. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, anyway, moving on. Chet. What you got? got? We've got something to talk about. Yes. Your boys brought in a prepared segment. It never fucking happens what we in it <laughs> we did this for you for you at home we, chet and i brought in lists of overrated things most over things things that we find overrated things we find overrated i got overrated things for you folks at home all right number one my will to live most overrated. <laughs> number two not depression number three not peaking your audio <laughs> oh shit uh, oh god damn. all right what you what you got denzel what you got for us so the first thing on my list i will say is streaming services like yeah. specifically television and movie streaming services. Oh, okay, yeah. So mainly it's mainly because it's just as bad as television. They have thousands of things on them, but most of them are dog shit, especially when you get down to like the second tier of mm. of streaming services, something like an Amazon Prime. That's not an A number 1 service. No. That is tier 2 yeah. for sure. And I, I think the only things I can really say are top tier of probably netflix and hulu yeah i would argue that like hulu is tier 1.5 i would also argue that yeah, yeah like i think netflix is the top of the stack yeah but like just by a hair by 0.5 yeah yeah like those two are definitely like the top competitors in the u.s i'm sure worldwide it's a little different but mm -hmm. In the U.S., those two are the only ones that are even really worth subscribing to, in my opinion. Amazon Prime is nice because it comes with a Prime subscription. Like, you're not paying for Prime Video. You're paying for Prime. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
And God fucking forbid you dip below Amazon Prime, <laughs> like something like CISO or Crave TV, oh, where yeah. you've got like comedians who couldn't get money from Netflix to do things that put their shit on those two platforms or whatever. Yeah. And like you, there are just thousands of things to watch across all of these. And there's, I want to say, less than 100 worth actually watching. Now, I'm not yeah. counting the actual paid content for something like uh, Amazon where you can rent movies for like 99 oh, yeah, cents or whatever. That doesn't count. I'm talking about things that are bundled in with the subscription. Yeah. And also, again, these are streaming services, not DVD rental services, because Netflix has a shitload of stuff to rent on DVD, but that doesn't matter because it's not streaming. Yep. Also, I don't know how many people still do that. Like, my parents used to be about it with the DVD service, and I don't know the last time they've done that. You know, that's a, it's. I'm sure there's plenty of people who still do it if their internet isn't great. Like, then that's actually a fantastic service. Yeah. Because across the globe, video stores are just. <laughs> yeah. And there are red boxes and things of that yeah. nature. But even Redbox has shitty shitty movies in it i have never once used Redbox, and i don't know if i'm ever gonna break that streak don't it's not <laughs> worth it i have no i have no intention of doing so <laughs> but ultimately i guess my point here is is that it's there's a shitload of things to watch but barely anything good yeah i feel that i feel that god it's i keep thinking about those like really off-brand oh, streaming services yeah. like a CISO, Crave TV, PlayStation's streaming service where they put that show, that comic book show on there that looked like shit. I don't know. It had, I believe, Charlotte Copley and Eddie Izzard in it. Ugh. I can't remember the name of the show, uh, but it was based off of a comic book. It was a superhero thing about a guy who loses his superpowers or something like that. It may be, it's, God... It's about cops, I think. But I, it doesn't matter. Yep. Cops without superpowers. And, like, the visual effects in that show were fucking trash. Well, if that's the platform you're on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. I'll, I'll say that I think they're overrated. Not to say they don't have their utility, but they're definitely overrated. But when you say streaming services, I mean, what most people think of are, like, Netflix, Hulu. Mm -hmm. I will definitely say that streaming services as a uh, as a platform itself is they they get overrated because of those two. But do you think that those two are overrated? Oh, those two plat like, like those, those two, two specific services because that's most of what people are going to be thinking of. Uh, I think Hulu's overrated. Okay, because the. The issue with Hulu, I guess Netflix is overrated as well, because the issue with both of them is like, yes, of course, they have a bunch of new shit on there. Mm -hmm. But after you finish watching the shit that you want to watch, like a their discovery platform is not very good. No, it isn't where you don't know exactly what they have on there and anything worth watching presumably comes up on the front page and like even if you go digging through the genres on either of those sites you're not likely to find something that'll blow your fucking wig that that is definitely true and, uh and their selection of movies is like real hit or miss too super hit or miss 
and they get rid of things pretty often as well. Yeah, I think it's like every month they they rotate their selection, but they don't really. I know there's there's websites that put out lists of what they're getting rid of, but they don't really advertise it themselves. No, you, they have, don't. you have to look for like, oh, coming to America is done after October. Like, yeah, that's a, that's also very weird to me where they don't tell you what they're getting rid of themselves. Yeah. It's really strange. You have to go to fucking AV club or some shit to find out. Yeah. Like they could even do like a new section for it. And you know how they have like all their like, oh, here's documentaries. Here's because you watched Brickleberry. Well, they could also do a catch it before it's gone. Yeah. Yeah, they could. They I've noticed that they do put it on the show if it's leaving soon. Mm. Like they did this with Psych, which I'm still upset is gone. Uh so on Psych, what they did was this show is going to be gone, or I don't remember the exact phrasing, but you have until X time to watch okay. this. But they don't have a list. It doesn't say outright. And also, another thing that kills me about streaming services is the different licensing that they have in different countries. Yeah. It's really upsetting to me. Like, this, like Canada will have some dank-ass movies, <laughs> yeah. and then we'll have a bunch of dog shit that I don't want to watch, and then Germany will have some dank-ass <laughs> movies, or the UK, or any number of places yeah. will have really, really good content that isn't appropriately licensed for the US or whatever region. Yeah. And we won't be able to watch it. And if you use a VPN, I found out they can ban your account. Oh, shit. Yes. I, it hasn't happened to me, but they will. If you do it too often and you get caught doing it, the, it'll be a TOS violation and they'll nix your account. Wow. No kidding. Yep. I mean, makes a deal of sense, but damn. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, they have to make a good faith effort to make sure people aren't actually technically pirating the material. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's a making that effort. All right. Yeah. All right. We're going to start off with a with a good one for y'all. Losing your virginity. You know what? I'll agree. I'll agree. A lot of hype. There's a huge amount of hype with having sex, especially the first time. It's... And I'm also going to kind of extend that to getting laid when you just don't have sex often at all. Like, having sex on the regular is fantastic, and I highly recommend it for anyone who can, but it's not a life-changing thing. Like, a, losing your virginity, getting laid, whatever, it's, it's nice. It's like, it's like having a really good meal. And, hey... Maybe it's the first time you had this really good meal and you're going to be like, wow, I want to have that again. But it's not going to change who you are as a person. No. Like when you start when you start really having sex and like really figuring out what you're into, then it may actually eventually shape your personality. But the first time it's not it's not you're not flipping a switch and people act as though it is. And this one goes especially out to y'all incels out there. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, the thing is, although I do agree 100% that it's overrated, I will say, however, that if you've had sex before and a lot of sex before, and then you suddenly stop having sex, like that'll, that'll can, drive you crazy. It can definitely fuck with you. Like, 
self-esteem wise uh you know it's a it's a hormonal release that's different from just work jerking off so yeah it, it definitely has some effects but that's coming going from a bunch of sex to straight nothing mm-hmm. like even getting laid a, once a month will keep most people pretty uh balanced yeah i guess so but the most the most overrated one is of course the first one because that's the one it's oh you haven't had sex yet oh bro you have to come on look at this little virgin the the thing is like about the first time you have sex is like chances are you're having sex with somebody who's not good at it yeah so you guys are just having bad sex yeah and it's just gonna be bad for a very long time and even bad sex is still pretty good like yeah now there are there are times when it's exceptionally bad and you know I don't wish that upon anyone, but sometimes it's just going to not, it's shit ain't happening, but you know, it's still pretty good. You're going to think like, oh my God, this is amazing and let's do it again. And you might get to do it again. You might not, but at least you've lost the badge of virgin because it's such a shameful thing that you haven't had sex. I blame like the eighties for that. Yeah. Because I'm... (sighs) I, I I don't know if it stretch beyond that. I know I don't really watch movies <laughs> before the eighties that often, but I mean, like losing your virginity is like it's not even really that cool of a milestone either. Yeah, it's just like I can tell you exactly what the first time I had sex was like. It was very weird. <laughs> I mean, kind of weird. I was it was in the back of a parking lot at my high school. In the back seat of my then girlfriend's parents, Ford Taurus. All right. It was raining that night, and I I should have been at that basketball game, <laughs> but I wasn't. <laughs> so making some slam you. dunks, y'all. <laughs> yes. Very weird. It was yeah. a very weird night. Mine was my 18th birthday, like the night of my 18th birthday. Oh, congrats! Happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, it was difficult. There was a size discrepancy. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And uh, yeah, so it was it was difficult. Her dick was too big for you? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't have any good lube. We had to use olive oil. It was so oh, it was a mess. <laughs> uh, coconut oil was better. She didn't have any coconut oil. <laughs> Smells nicer. <laughs> <laughs> Leaves a weird taste in the food, though. <laughs> You can't, don't ever just scrape it off. You throw it in the pan just to get, like, you want to make some eggs? Okay, that's fine. You're out of coconut oil. Just don't take it off your body and put it in a pan. God damn. <laughs> yeah, I'll agree there. I'll yeah. agree there. It's uh, having, uh, losing your virginity is overrated. Yeah. It's, it's not life changing. No. And it's, the older you get, the less people care but other people will hype it up like it becomes a super weird dichotomy because like in high school everyone kind of cares and like will kind of like make it a big deal but as you get older like if you're 25 and you haven't gotten laid you're gonna have some people that are like okay cool that's not really my business dude (laughs) and other people can be like oh my god what are you what are you 
What's yeah. happening? Like, let's go down to TJ right now. Yeah, let's you know. fuck up your life. <laughs> you want to fuck a hooker? <laughs> oh God. Yeah, like, and then as you get older, like that, those responses become more and more extreme. And you know, people will say, "Oh, your first time has to be special." Yeah, no, that's like no, the, the fuck, fuck ever, dude. <laughs> you don't need like roses, rose petals, and fucking soft music playing "Kiss from a Rose" by <laughs> "Kiss from a Rose on, on the Ring," baby. That song got me pulled over once because you were singing and not paying attention to the road, or what? Yeah. Ah, go figure. <laughs> it was, I was on the way to Evo, and it was like it was super windy, and I was driving, and I wasn't, you know, when the wind like blows your car, you're kind of all over. So they thought I was driving drunk, but I was like, no, nah, I just wasn't really paying attention. I was belting this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. Uh, well, next on my list is wearables, as oh. in like smartwatches. Google Glass, yep. things of that nature. Yep. I And people stopped using pagers because they had cell phones. And what are you really doing with a smartwatch? Like, you can read some of your messages, but what's the point of reading the message if you're not going to respond to it, right? Right. And it's a really shitty small screen yeah. that you're reading off of. And, like... I, I don't know, man. Maybe maybe I'm becoming too old for this shit, but like it, they just don't seem useful. I don't think they're useful yet. I think there's definitely potential for them to be something cool. We're just not there yet. And I think it, people were trying to push it too early. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's. I mean, that's kind of fair. And th- we've seen this happen before where technologies just get pushed a little bit too hard too early when it's just, the market's not ready for it yet, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I think, I think smartwatches can be something cool. We're just, we ain't there yet. I mean, you can use them to answer your phone. Yeah, that's like kind of nice. Like if you've got like a Bluetooth headset. But then again, most like, Bluetooth, you can just answer it using the Bluetooth. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like the, the problem that I have with especially smartwatches is that it's just feature redundancy. Yeah. Right? Like with the exception, there are a few exceptions, right? Like a Fitbit is different yeah, that's, because it's that's, a pedometer. Right. And it's also got GPS on it so it can track you. Like yeah, that's it's. it's what makes Fitbit different from like an Apple Watch is that it's so focused on one thing that it does that one thing very well. Exactly. And your cell phone can do it to an extent, but you would have to download multiple apps and you would have to like really make an effort of it. But the Fitbit, it's right there. It's got it all. It's got an accurate heart monitor. It's a better pedometer, et cetera, et cetera. So it actually has a function. Yeah, exactly. Whereas every other smartwatch is just kind of like, well, this is too nice for me to go marching in the mountains and get it covered in dirt and sweat with. (laughs) So, I mean, what, like, what are you really doing with it? And like Google glass, although that's failed out of existence already, it's that, that was useless as well. I mean that, at least in my mind in the future could have more utility than something like a smartwatch. But as of right now, it doesn't. And the reason why I'm saying that these things are overrated, even though like there are very few people wearing these things and using these things, it's because they exist at all. Yeah. Like in all honesty, like these things shouldn't even exist if they they're bad devices. And like you, if you want to be fucking chic, 
with your Apple Watch, with your fucking rose gold armband yeah. or whatever, you can be chic. But that it doesn't matter. Like that, legit, it doesn't matter. Yeah, because dude. you have your phone in your pocket. And just because, like, oh, oh, no, I can see Johnny's calling me, and I don't have to pull out my phone from my bag. Yeah, like, like, it you're takes not saving- so much effort. Exactly, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, <sighs> that's, that's number two for me. Number two for me. Any critically acclaimed movie made before 1960. Something like Casablanca. Casablanca. Psycho. Yeah, Psycho has some good things about it. Rear Window, uh, what's it? Citizen Kane. Oh, all of those. So here's my disclaimer on this. I'm not saying they were bad. I'm not saying they were bad for their time. I'm saying they're overrated <laughs> because people will still use Citizen Kane as the fucking gold standard of. Like, oh, yeah, it's an indie movie. I'm not expecting Citizen Kane out of it. Well, if you got Citizen Kane today, I would tell you the same thing I feel about that movie right now. It's boring as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how I feel about most of those movies. Because audiences had longer attention spans. They had lower expectations. I mean, yeah, I don't need flashy special effects to make a good movie. But the movies were boring. There was a lot of really pointless dialogue that goes nowhere, and like, yeah, I mean, since since the time those movies have come out, basically filmmakers have learned how to distill everything those movies that back then did well and make them into like a nice, refined final product. Yeah. Whereas like those, some of those movies, yeah, you're right. The Citizen Kane was too fucking long. Yeah. It was like. <laughs> And it was dumb. It was a dumb movie. I didn't like that. Yeah, I'll get, I'm not. Here's a hot take for you: Citizen Kane sucks. Yeah. I can see why its impact is important, but I also think the Beatles suck. Yeah, I can see why their impact is important, but, but they, they suck. Yep. Yep. I was thinking about bringing the Beatles in for this list, but it's like, no, it's too easy. Yeah, yeah, it's way too easy. Way too easy. But yeah, like. I'm not saying they were unimportant. I'm not saying they were strictly bad. And there are definitely some good things about those movies from back in the day. Like Citizen Kane had some excellent filmography, cinematography. It was well shot, you know, and a lot of symbolism was happening in those. I think they just approached the movies more like books. So they could spend more time on little details that just don't fucking matter. Yeah. Yeah. And they they spent more time just really nailing down the symbolism and just making sure that like you really felt what the director wanted you to feel. And that's fine. I still think there's a place for art house films. Those still exist. There's still a place for them. But that was pretty much all you got out of like the big blockbusters way back in the day. And it just wasn't exciting. It just most of them just kind of went nowhere. But I did like comedies from back in the day. Like uh, uh, Buster Keaton. Never watched any comedies from before 1960. There's a Buster Keaton movie called The Court Jester. That's really good. I recommend that one. It's a... Uh, yeah. Or actually Charlie Chaplin movies are also really funny. Don't like those. Ah, I'm okay. not a big fan of physical comedy. He was a little less physical than like, say, Laurel and Hardy. But 
I, I also understand, you know, not being down with slapstick. I, yeah. I think my, my phase of watching most of those was when I was like probably 12 through 15. And uh, I, I appreciated slapstick quite a bit. I don't know if I'd enjoy it quite so much now, but hey, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. All right. But those weren't the critically acclaimed ones. They weren't no, the blockbusters, they weren't. yo. <laughs> they fucking were. Oh. Yeah. The Maltese Falcon. <laughs> God, there's so many that like you can just go down the list and I'm just like sucks, sucks. Yeah. Sucks. If you want to go through like the criterion collection, yeah. You can basically point out movies. Now some of the like I'm not gonna lie, like I I get a kick out of some of the Westerns from yeah. from the old olden days yeah because they're like a super racist <laughs> and be like pretty fucking savage yeah <clears throat> same with older japanese films like oh yeah kurosawa a lot, a lot of, of his films I, I, they didn't brutal. come out before the 50s though right i don't i don't remember when kurosawa's yeah, me neither was. there was there was a 70s movie that i watched called mm. lady snowblood that uh-huh. was fucking sick all right that movie was fucking tight so anyway yeah anyway so what you got for number three number three i'm i'm saying vr oh (laughs) yeah that speaking of technologies that were pushed too early yeah vr is one of them although they have the capability of making it look really good now Mm -hmm. like it looks great but it's just a piece of shit i've done virtual reality projects i've built things to be 360 view and like coming to the camera and everything like that as it exists right now that shit is so needlessly complicated so difficult to do and the oh man the technology is is not there yet it's very cumbersome yeah yeah it's and also the all right, I'm not gonna lie to you. Tell I've me. done VR probably about six times in my life. Mm-hmm. It's gotten increasingly better mm-hmm. each time I tried it, but it's still it's still not where it needs to be. It's like in order for it to be in an optimal setting, you need to basically have a big empty room. Yeah, and it's if you get motion sickness easily, it's not good. There's not free movement. And of course, you know, you've everybody's seen the fucking full room VR stuff or even the guy on the like eight way treadmill or whatever. Yeah. That's like harnessed in like, that's cool, but like, that's not affordable for the average person. No. And those games aren't going to be fun. Yeah, I know. It'll be cool. It'll be a nice gimmick, but like, you're selling a parlor trick here. This yeah. isn't something that you can make. It, like when the Wii came out and, and it's like, oh, it's motion control. So it'll get you off the couch. That's so cool. Yeah, that's cool for like a month tops. And then people just want to be able to sit down and relax. They don't want to have to stand up and waggle two controllers around and like. Yes. Yes. And then they finally released the pro controller for it. Right. And stop fucking around. Not everybody's going to want to hop up on a fucking eight way treadmill and run for six hours. Right. And you have to like strap yourself into this thing. You need to have a dedicated setup for this because you're not wheeling this thing in and out every time you want to play a game. Exactly. You have to have a corner of it, a corner of your room dedicated to it. Yeah. And on top of that, it's the same with the full, like the room scale VR. Yeah. You need to have like 
just a perfectly sized room for you. Yep. Like, a lot of entertainment stuff is, can be cost prohibitive for, you know, some poorer people. But, you know, no matter what, you know, you, you drop $500 on your kid's Christmas present to get him a PS4 and a couple of games. But that's it. You already have a TV. That's it. That's the end of your cost. Well, if you don't have a big enough house to have this empty space to have your fucking VR set up, then what are you going to do? It's just like you. I know it's not a huge market of poor people on VR, but you are just guaranteed that they cannot do this. <laughs> VR is still like eight hundred dollars. Yeah, they, they, it hasn't come down in price and it's still very like you need like a 30 foot HDMI cable for it. <sighs> yeah. You have to have like an extend extendo cable for your fucking headphones yep. to go over it or you can use speakers if you like. <laughs> but it's like I, I don't know. I watch Giant Bombs content and whenever they do something for VR, like when I watch their VR thing, like I get it. I get VR. Mm-hmm. And in their specific case, they make it work well. But for the average person, it's never going to work well. Yeah. And, like, people people gushed over VR for a very long time. There was a huge market for VR shit I for, mean, like, a good six months. Facebook bought Oculus. Yeah. Like, that was a huge maneuver on their part. And, like, people were making real big news about it. And, man, I tried an Oculus. I, I had access to one for a while. And... You couldn't do anything with it without paying extra money. Like, there were, you couldn't just take a game and just put it into Oculus. No, it's you have these Oculus approved games. You could find stuff and like run it and then it'll detect your headset. But that's on the software people. Like, that's, you know, if I bought Maze Quest or if I downloaded Maze Quest for free and they say, oh, we support Oculus, you can't just open Oculus and open maze quest no you have to open maze quest and then maze quest has to find your oculus and like do all this stuff i'm like yo shouldn't they support this like be like a steam about this because that would be so much better they have like a sort of app store menu but it's all just like their first party stuff that's it yeah 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 i wasn't uh wasn't too impressed (laughs) but too many people were so fuck vr and this isn't the same thing as like wearables for me where it's mere existence is an affront to everything it's just that it was pushed too hard too early and like this is another problem with like early access shit like early access shit is so popular that they released early access hardware that was making people sick it's it was astonishing to me because technology the technology is not that good i can tell you that much right like ar like the the microsoft ar shit yeah that they demoed at e3 like two or three years ago yeah that looks lit yeah. like but even then the use case wouldn't be for something like a game it would be more practical applications like let's say you're building models for a client yeah like that's what you use it for something like vr that that's use case is good for doing tours of buildings 
Yeah. Right? It's like you fucking do a virtual tour of somebody's office or something like that. I think that's actually the most practical use of VR is virtual tours. Yeah. But that has to be so ubiquitous before that becomes really practical. Like everyone has to have VR before that becomes like really cost efficient. Yeah. 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 Anyway, that's it for that. Yep. My third and possibly the most overrated thing of all time. Every Kickstarter ever. Oh boy. You, you <laughs> seem very salty. It seems like maybe you've got some experience in I, this. I may have gotten burned, but only once. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I know we've talked about Kickstarter before, but God damn, do they hype themselves up every time. Yeah, they do. I, oh man. Just... Of, of course, my my personal experience with it is, you know, the legendary Mighty Number no. 9, Mighty Disappointment. And, you know, they promised us essentially a, a spiritual successor to Mega Man. We got something close. You know, it was close. But it wasn't good. It wasn't... Uh, hey, they promised you a spiritual successor. They didn't say anything about it being good. Right. Yeah, true. <laughs> They didn't say we weren't going to have Cheeto explosions. <laughs> God, that was a fucking mess. Sounds delicious. It does, though. It does. Yeah. I could use a Cheeto explosion right about now. But, yeah, like, I think the worst part about Kickstarter is how, how there's no one to hold them responsible. Like, I think the only thing you're basically not allowed to do is to never release your shit. But as long as you release it eventually, then there's kind of no repercussion there. Like, I know some people had never released their backer rewards where they'll be like, oh, if you pledge $50, you get this T-shirt. A lot of that stuff never gets dispersed. There's some products that just don't come out. There's some products that take years to come out, and when they do, it's a disappointment. Like, uh, just imagine if you actually put money, if you crowdfunded Duke Nukem Forever. Oh, boy. Just imagine that. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. That's not good. That's not a good feeling. And where's Shenmue 3? Yeah. That thing was funded two years ago. There's man, there's so many that had like they hit their goal. They like shattered their goal. They'll break their their goals, hit all their stretch goals within weeks out of a two month campaign, and then three years down the line, you still have no product. Yeah, it's it's really shitty. It's the thing is with Kickstarter, it doesn't benefit them to hold the creators responsible at all mm -hmm. because it's just going to cost them money. Yeah, and, it, and then it's also going to... That's also going to have creators take their stuff elsewhere yeah. <laughs> to someone who's not going to hold them accountable. Exactly. And it's really... It's like they say, oh, you're gambling or this is a donation, essentially. Yeah, it's a, it's a donation. And it's, it's how you should treat it, really. It's... Oh God, it's real scummy. It's a real it's shitty. Super I've scummy. never supported anything on Kickstarter. I've not once. Only done one because it always seems like a scam, and it's it's also the fact that it comes out like six years from now. Yeah, 
And that's that's never ever sat well with me. And even when I see like a Kickstarter campaign come up in my timeline, I always make a joke about it coming out six years from now. Come and like the thing is, if their product is ready to release, then they're just using Kickstarter as a sales platform. Yeah. It's really weird. I've seen a bunch of those where there was one it was like a, a deck of uh carbon fiber cards so they're like they're they're waterproof and everything but they're also shatterproof they're you know you can they're basically indestructible playing cards it was only like 20 bucks something like that which seems fine but when are you going to get them these things look like they're done like they have models they have mock-ups of them physically so what what are you missing before you start distributing this? Why do you need to go to Kickstarter if you have a product that's ready for mass production here? Uh, my guess my guess is only the money, really. Oh, yeah. Like, and and Kickstarter does a lot of PR for you in itself. Yeah. Right? Because it's basically crowdsourcing PR. Because if somebody sees something that they like, they're going to tell their friends who also might like it. Yeah. And that's PR. Yep. And when, and when a product is up and coming, you end up on the front page of Kickstarter. Yep. And all of that. So that's, you know, you get a bunch of eyeballs on your product, which I get. I definitely understand if I were a creator and I could use more money, like you can always use more funding for your project. Of course. Like, no matter what, you know. If all those fails, spinning on an ad budget. But, <laughs> but is that encouraging people to delay their release? Is that encouraging people to find a reason for a stretch goal? Like, Wasn't No Man's Sky also a Kickstarter project? I feel like it was. And then it got picked up by Sony because it was so popping. Yeah. Well, I mean, the demo looked really fucking cool. Yeah, it they did. promised of a it lot. Did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they did. Oh, man. Yeah. I, so for sure. Yeah. Kickstarter is definitely overrated. Get on get on the subreddit. Let us know what you think is overrated. Yeah. Give us your top threes. Okay. Holler at us. Speaking of the subreddit, we've got questions from our subreddit. Reddit.com slash r slash real nerd hours. Smash that motherfucking subscribe button. Yes. Subscribe to the subreddit. Ask us questions. We've got questions and answers. Yeah. Leo J. Larkin wants to know, have you guys seen Darker Than Black? It's pretty good as far as I remember. And the way the powers work is novel. Season two is good, too, if you're into obscure Russian anti-tank rifles like I am, and the main character becomes a depressed, nihilistic drunk, which I find really relatable for some reason. Not sure why. Hmm. Now I've lost it. I know that I can kill. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I did like Darker Than Black season one a lot. I thought season two was disappointing. That's more or less how I felt about it. I didn't... I know I made it through season one. And I think I got like two episodes into season two. I I watched it all after it was like it, it had already finished. And then I went back and watched it on someone's recommendation. And I, I thought it was I thought it was a cool series. Um, but I, I saw that a bit of a while ago. I kind of did. Should watch it again. Because uh, I do enjoy Hey being a bum. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I thought, yeah, I, I actually might just watch it. Yeah, again this weekend. Yeah, I like I like the first season so much. It was a really cool series. Yeah, that second season though, I don't know. Uh, it wasn't clicking with me. Gotcha. I think they fucked it up somehow, but I'm not sure. Not in anti tank rifles. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Samurai Jack the Face Ripper wants to know. What's the weirdest thing anyone has ever called you? It doesn't have to be something derogatory or demeaning. Even something positive is fine. I was once hit with breeder by a gay guy at work. At the time, I didn't really know what to say, but then I figured it was probably meant to be a dig at me. I guess if I gave a shit, it would have meant more to me. I just thought it was a strange thing to call someone. As far as horror movies to do a running commentary on, I'd say Peter Jackson's classic Dead Alive is a strong candidate. Have you seen Dead Alive? No, but I've been told I should watch it. All right, all right. So, yeah, that's that's not a bad recommendation there. Uh, I, I, I just got to say real quick, I love Breeder as an insult. I think it's a really funny one. Have you ever been called Breeder? Not seriously. I've been called Breeder. <laughs> I mean, it was probably... As a joke as well. Yeah. But, I, like, I've definitely been called it, but it was by another straight guy. So <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Nice. Yeah. I was called it by a gay man. See, then it's, see that makes it a little <laughs> more sincere. But, you know. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. I, I've had a ton of... I've had a ton of nicknames growing up. I don't exactly know why. I think partially because Chet is such a unique name, but... I had a friend's mother call me Stallion because of my hair. And my hair wasn't nearly as long as it is now. But she said, like, the way that my hair would flow and, like... She wanted to fuck. Oh, that's exactly what I said every time. (laughs) Just like, yo, your mama calls me the Stallion. (laughs) (laughs) Was she hot? No, not at all. Of course not. But I would have done it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) uh i don't i don't recall anything weird that i've ever been called unfortunately i'm sure you've got something out there that i don't remember yeah Uh, people call me names but not weird names they normally stick to the standard (laughs) asshole (laughs) uh says one of you guys had better have finished that worldwide stout i did uh, as soon as we cut the cameras off, I drank oh, yeah. it. <laughs> Chet, what do you consider makes a trash character in fighting games? Who's been your favorite trash character to be good with? Any that you want to be good with? Well, what makes a character good in fighting games, generally speaking, is options. If you have the ability to move well, to attack from multiple directions, you know, just the more options you have, the better your character is generally going to be. It also helps if you have health to to gamble with, because that also becomes a form of option, and if your damage is good. So that's basically what makes a character good or bad, because if you don't have options, then you're generally bad. If you do, you're generally good. As for characters I love to troll with, I love playing Zangief in Marvel 2. Zangief. 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 Whatever. I love playing Zangief. <laughs> Zangief. I love playing him in Marvel 2. 
which I think a lot of people forgot that he's even in that game because he's so bad. But God damn it, is he fun to win with because he's got an anti-air grab as an assist. So you can do a ground grab. And if they don't super jump away from you, if you're close enough, they're eating one of those. So that, that shit's hilarious to me. I also like playing 12 in Street Fighter 3. He's another character that everyone kind of forgets about. I just kind of, I play most of the characters in that game. Like, I'm at least competent with just about everyone in there. So playing 12 with the Super X copy, I'm just going to dick around for the majority of the match. Then as soon as I get Super, I'm going to be your character and beat you with him. Because I got a damage boost now. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I'm also going on record and saying Doctor Strange is pretty terrible in both Marvel 3 and Infinite. He's better in Infinite, but he's still a little lacking, but I'm still playing him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're never going to make top 64 again. Oh, no, it's happening. I've done it once. I'm doing it again. (laughs) I'm going to say, as of right now, I'm better at Marvel Infinite than I was at Marvel 3 because I get to do some dumb shit, and I think people haven't figured it out yet. So Well, we'll see by the time Evo comes around. Yeah, we'll see. I wanted to make it to Wednesday Night Fights this week, but... You know, life happens sometimes. Yes, of course. Of course. Swervelo says, Just saw Baby Driver myself. Denzel mentioned being into cars at one point in his life. What cars have you guys owned and what do you currently drive? What cars would be in your dream garage? And are you guys into motorcycles at all? I've owned a 2013 Ford Focus, not any of the fancy versions. And a I currently drive a 2017 Ford Fusion. Um... My dream garage, I would have to, uh, I would have to think long and hard about it. The reason why I never owned any of the old sports cars that I was really into is because a lot of those cars are made for short people. Yeah. And I have, I have a lot of friends as well. So I like to get in the car and drive around with my friends. So my old car, the Ford Fusion, was fucked. It was not good for driving around with people in it. Oh, yeah. It was, however, good for just one other person, which wasn't great. (laughs) So now I've got a larger car for all of me and my large friends. Uh, Those those sports cars are impractical. Um, Yeah. They're fun, though. Yeah, they are. They definitely are. I'm just a little bit salty that I don't own one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I've had technically the only car I've owned technically is the car I have right now, which is a 99 Mercedes C280. Uh, but the cars I've driven prior to that, I my first car was a 95 Dodge Caravan, which sucked. We didn't even... My dad was basically... I don't even want to say duped into buying it. It was basically forced onto us because my aunt bought it. Despite his, despite my dad's protests, my aunt bought that car and then moved out of the country, and we were the only people around. <laughs> just like, come on, just buy it off of him. Like, yeah, fuck it, whatever, we got it. <laughs> uh, then the next car I drove after that was a 1987 Camry, and then I drove a 99 Camry, and now I'm on the C280. And uh, yeah, Dream Garage. I like a lot of, I mean, I want a Tesla just because they're, I mean, come on, 
you, you, you gotta you gotta like the, the amount of money that you're not paying for on gas on such a high-tech car it's cool it's going straight to your power bill <laughs> it's going straight to my power bill baby <laughs> but uh i also probably the only american car that i really actually want is a dodge viper uh although I say that when I had already listed Tesla, but I hardly consider that American. It's like it's it, it's not one of the big American companies. You know, it's not GMC. It's not Ford. Uh, I also, I don't know. Call me a weeb. I want a Skyline. Oh yeah, the GTRs. Yeah, the new GTRs. I don't like the big boxy body. I, I like the slightly older ones from like the early two thousands. Yeah, like early mid two thousands. Those oh, were real baby. nice. Oh baby, I used to know all the code names and shit. Yeah, when I was into cars, dog, I was like, when I say I was into cars, I was like import tuner man, oh, import tuner. Yeah, that was my shit. <laughs> I used to go to these foreign car meetups every every tuesday it was fusion tuesdays oh man and then it moved to thursdays every every week i was out there and we were doing illegal street racing shit did i tell my story about the drag racing i don't think so okay so after fusion one day uh there i mean fusion was fucking lit Mm -hmm. first and foremost those car meetups had to have had like at least 50 people show up all like right. we took over the parking lot. Like we filled every single parking spot in that parking lot. And I, you know what? There was probably more than 50 spots there. Hey. <laughs> there it was a shitload of cars. Where was this? This was in Claremont. Okay. This was over by um Cheetah Strip Club. It's right across oh, the street. Okay, yeah, like, yeah. There used to be like a boba spot in that shopping center that gotcha. people would eat at. And they would do fucking numbers off of us. Like straight up and down. I mean, that the market of boba shop and import, like that is such <laughs> that is such a tight Venn diagram. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Uh, so this was this was around the time that my boy purchased a nineteen ninety-four 240SX Sylvia. Ooh. Yeah. So it was all black. He bought a welded differential that I went with him to purchase one time. A welded diff from somebody in some faraway land <laughs> in mid or, mid-cal or something. Okay. He bought this welded diff so he could practice drifting in this car. All right. And he wanted to be a pro drifter. That's what he wanted to do. So he bought this car. He got the welded diff. Uh, We went to this car meetup. And it's my boy is there with his fucking extra rare E. Oh, God. What was it? It was a BMW E something. But it had like cherry red leather interior. It was fucking rare. And it was fucking mint. That shit, it was from the 80s, but that shit sold, he sold it for 10K, something like that. I would expect more, actually. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, Maybe it was because of the amount of miles on it. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. But anyway. Well, just because car collectors love that shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I... Real, real quick tangent on on just buying shit. My one of my friends, he works on cars a bunch, and his dream car is a 1960 Dodge Challenger. And he found one online for for six grand, and he was like, "Yo, I might just get this right now." The problem was, it was basically just the body. It, it was like <sighs> nothing else to it. And then I was like, well, "Okay, how much is it for one that's like actually in decent condition?" 
You're talking 40, 50 grand if it's in good condition for a car from the 60s. Jesus. Yeah. That's a lot. Yep. Fuck that. That's not me. <laughs> no, 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 no. So Fusion ends one night because after after the Boba spot closes, we all vacate. Sure. Because I don't know why. There's no more milk to you. Come on. <laughs> yeah, probably. So we get on the five freeway and like the five and the 805 merge at one point. Mm-hmm. Right. So before the merger, it's a four lane freeway. So what all these cars do, and I'm riding with my boy, Clark, you know, young Swansea, yeah. uh, and this other dude, we're right up at the front behind these two cars. Right. So what, what's customary to do, uh, at least at this car meet was, you would pop your hood if you wanted to race, right? You would just lift up your hood so everybody knows what you have underneath your hood. So it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, We were also there with a dude from Texas, like a Marine that drove from Texas to hang out in San Diego or whatever. I don't know why. It wasn't explained. doesn't matter. (laughs) So he pops his hood. He's good. His shit is definitely not legal for California, (laughs) but... He's got Texas plates, so it doesn't matter. Right. Somebody else wants to raise him. Uh, the dude from Texas was in like an Acura Integra from some year that I don't recall. But that shit was twin turboed. It had a different engine in it, I think. I can't remember. I can't remember all the specs from it. Sure. But essentially, him and this guy in a Dodge Ram were racing on the freeway. Okay. So the way that they raced on the freeway was... We would line up in all lanes. We'd all start going 65 miles an hour. Okay. The race started at 65 miles an hour. Right. So they would race for about a mile uh-huh. down the freeway. That's like just start. And yeah. we would, and because there were so many of us, there was like 50 people driving on the freeway. Yeah. We would back up traffic pretty fucking far. Yeah. <laughs> so we did this like essentially. We would go speed limit and then speed up. Sure. Go speed limit and yeah. then speed up. Sure, sure. Because after the racers take off, you, because you're in some piece of shit car, you yeah, want to try not, to keep you're not up. catching up. No, <laughs> you're not. You're not. You just, you hit the gas and you try to, you try to do that. But that goes on. And then we pull off and then we go into like a business park in Poway. Mm-hmm. Right. So we get to this business park and it's a straight quarter mile. Oh, so it's you can just legit race down the street. All right. So that's what they start doing. They start drag racing down the street. And then about half hour in cops show up. Of course. Like a shitload of cops. Oh, man. Like and there's only one way out of this business. (laughs) So everybody dives in their shit and it looks like the fucking towards the end of Fast and Furious 2 uh-huh. where you see a bunch of cars just fucking scattering <laughs> out of this business park and like the cops stop everyone oh man and they start and they get everybody who's got illegal parts and California plates they get everybody's shit they tow their cars oh, damn there were a shitload of cops they were fucking ready damn they were super ready <laughs> so that was towards the end of like fusion meets i would imagine yeah because somebody figured that there had to be a cop with us right because you don't have that many cops if you're unprepared yeah like you send like a patrol car right but what they did was they essentially 
sent two cops up to scare everybody down the hill. And then just had had roadblocks. Yeah. Just roadblocks set up. So everybody was fucked. Damn. Get bodied. Yeah. So that was an interesting time in my life. Fuck the police. And (laughs) as far as the motorcycles go, yeah, I'm into motorcycles. I had a 1978 XS11 Yamaha. I forgot you used to ride a motorcycle. Yep. That's right. Uh, That was a fun time. I miss riding motorcycles. Yeah. I want to get my class M license. It's it's pretty easy to get. I know. It's like a weekend. Yeah. 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 Uh, two six-hour classes or something like that. Yeah. It's pretty straightforward. The next bike that I want to get is a Royal Enfield. Um, it's a, it looks like a cafe racer. I can't remember the, the model of it, but that's the next one that I want to get. C- commit to the Patreon and <laughs> buy us the motorcycles yeah buy us a couple <laughs> motorcycles that that motorcycle in particular is pretty cheap too oh man. it's like five grand they're, oh, they're manufactured right. in india huh. so i mean they're probably not the best bikes in the world probably but not like they look really cool hey either that or i'll take a triumph triumph is always we, nice we need more money in that patreon for we need <laughs> for that triumph dog. yeah so just you know whenever you're ready just go to the patreon <laughs> and just commit to it that was a very long story yep Uh, my bad what a fun one uh trevor slattery says you guys mentioned a lot of rap but what's your favorite rock band slash artist the beatles duh (laughs) um i don't listen to a ton of rock i i listen to shit that was popular from when i was a teenager block party interpol the strokes Arctic monkeys, not new Arctic monkeys, because that sucks. There's new Arctic monkeys. Yeah, they've been at it for a while. They sound like Queens of the Stone Age. Huh. Because the guy from Queens of the Stone Age was producing their album, oh. or produced their album, and then they just changed their sound to that. <laughs> okay. All right. So, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I, I like more progressive rock, progressive metal, Dream Theater, Liquid Tension Experiment, Steve Vai, John Petrucci. I keep naming more John Petrucci projects, but whatever. Um, Joe Satriani, Greg Howe, you know, things like that. Things are a little more technical, not so much like mainstream rock. But, you know, I I do fuck around with some of the um, some more mainstream stuff. There's one band that's actually based out of San Diego that I, I really fuck with. Not not too heavy, but they're called Chone, C H O N. And uh, they're. Again, they just have really good technical players, but it, it's also done in a more, uh, a little bit more of a mainstream way. Like a lot of those technical guys, a lot of those the real like heavy shredding guys, they're never going to break into a mainstream audience just because it's too complex. It's too much. People can't just sit back and like put it on the background and just, you know, tune out to it or like whistle along because you know they're playing 30 second notes in 5-8 (laughs) (laughs) I mean I I enjoy that stuff but you know I come from a musical background I play jazz you know all that so I can enjoy it a little more but I don't really do too much on the uh, just mainstream rock so yeah okay all right. well he's far more into it than I am I mean sometimes I'll listen to Dragon Force Oh man, you know, it's funny. All of my friends were into Dragon Force and that's kind of like, that was kind of my gateway drug into like progressive rock was power metal. 
but I can't stand power metal. <laughs> I, power metal sounds so cool. It it is hype though. Yeah, like just every once in a while, someone just belts out "So Far Away." I'm like, oh yeah, let's fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like it's fun to listen to, but like I can't do huge doses of it. Yeah, for sure. If you have any power metal recommendations, get at your boy uh, via the subreddit. There you go. Oh, also, I want to give a shout out to uh, Tosin Abase and every band he's in, because uh, that boy, he's probably the most recent up and comer of like ridiculous guitar that I okay. know of. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Doctor Dirty D wants to know if we fuck with like meme mashups, like anime music mashups, yeah, and things I- of that nature. So I've got two uh, two hot recommendations on that one. If you're not familiar with Siva Gunner, just become familiar with Siva Gunner. He does. They're basically they're kind of like video game mashups, but instead of taking two songs and mashing them up per se, they'll take a song. I, it's kind of easier to like give an example. <laughs> he'll he'll take like the the theme from the legend of zelda and it'll start as if it was playing the theme from legend of zelda and then it'll just randomly start playing the flintstones theme so like so something with like a similar chord progression yeah but they'll also they'll also really fuck with the songs to make it work and they they'll use the sound font from the games like it's not as if they're just kind of forcing it to work no they'll like take the nsf file or you know spc or whatever uh, format it is and just remix the song just like that and uh, yeah they're really funny nice the other recommendation on actual mashups is uh, Botanic Sage he does really high quality stuff and uh, they're pretty good so uh, okay yeah All right. I, I'm, not, I'm not super into it but it's like those are just two names I know okay links will be in the uh, yeah. show notes yeah yeah check them out yeah, I mean, just so you guys are aware, there's show notes every week. <laughs> yeah, so so you have a point of reference for some of the shit we're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just go to either SoundCloud or on the Facebook. Yeah. You'll find them. I would say the website, but I haven't updated that in like two months. <laughs> <laughs> we have enough shit to keep updated. <laughs> yeah. Deskrod asks, hey guys, question for Chet and also you, Denzel, if you have something to add. I'm a huge fan of competitive Counter-Strike and the major championship is in January. So right now, about now, as the open qualifiers are going down, since these are open online games, usually see a bunch of shit games being played where at least one fifth of the players are cheating. In competitive fighting games, do people cheat? Can they cheat? I would love to hear it. Would love to hear how that works. Love the show and have a good day. Oh, thanks, buddy. You have a good day, too. For one, I would just like to say I love open qualifiers for online games because every once in a while there's some stupid upset, and those are my favorite. But also, you get to see stomps for like, oh, Cloud9 versus Jimmy's Basement. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, that shit's fun. As for cheating, 
the only thing you could really do in fighting games is to add macros to your stick or whatever hardware you're using. So like it would it would only really be feasible on an online tournament, which they do have online tournaments, but they're not as popular as in person. But yeah, you can say like, okay, as soon as I, I get to this range, I'm gonna do this sequence and then you'll never drop a combo. So yeah, you could cheat with that, but that's pretty much it. And you can't get away with that in in person. Like that shit doesn't happen locally. There was actually uh, some controversy with one guy uh, named Full Schedule. He was playing on a stick and he had, he had buttons mapped to, so he had, a, he was using a stick, but there's also hitbox inputs on his stick. So he has multiple inputs for up, down, left, right. He also has buttons for diagonals. That was where the controversy came in was the diagonal buttons. And it only actually mattered. Like you can use a hitbox. Like we don't care in the, in the actual FGC smash cares. Real men don't care. <laughs> but, um, but he had these diagonal buttons and why that mattered was because he was playing C Viper in Marvel three. And she has really, really fast cancels. And if you have your diagonal, you can do some of these cancels faster than if you didn't. So he had to like do this crazy bullshit gymnastics on his stick to get this stuff, but he was pulling stuff off that no one else could do. And he was at some tournament, he, he beat Chris G, he beat Justin Wong. And I think he was slated to, to play against Filipino champ the next day. And someone raised a stink to the TO. He had specifically cleared his his stick, his hardware, with the tournament organizer and said, yo, I've got these buttons. Is it cool? He's like, all right, well, are they macros? No, it's just diagonals. And he said, okay, you're cool. The next day, people are tweeting at the TO. And the TO's like, I just want to be clear. I never said this was okay. Oh, I think boy. this shit's banned. Like, and he's like, yo, what the fuck? I went to you directly and you said it was all right. But if you don't want me to play using this stick, you got it. And he still got like second or third that tournament. Like he still bodied everyone. <laughs> Good. Fuck the TO for that. Yeah, I thought it was mad scummy. But that's yeah. a bum move. Super bum. But you know, that that's like the only form of cheating you're gonna get in fighting games. Maddie Tom Tom asks, you guys can do you guys do all your PC gaming through Steam? If so, you should totally consider GOG. It's a service much like Steam that focuses on DRM-free games, especially old ones. The original Mafia just came out on it. I'm personally stoked to start it up. Also, do you either of you two have a favorite PS1 game? I'm currently going through a PSX emulation kick and need some wrecks. I've heard of GOG. I've never actually tried using it myself, but I don't know, I'll check it out. I've never used it. I don't really care about DRM that much. Yeah. Because Steam works perfectly fine. Yeah. Uh, like with other platforms such as Uplay or Origin, like those are a little bit finicky and they're like kind of pieces of shit. But like yeah. for the most part, they operate just fine. There's no reason for me to like hop off of Steam or anything like that. Yeah. I often find myself using Steam for games that don't require Steam just because it's convenient. Yeah. Like. I use Final Fantasy 14 through Steam 
which is not required, but it's available. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a, I mean, like, it's a good library system that they have there. Yeah. Especially just viewing the games that you have installed. Yeah. Oh, and magnifique. It's, it's it, they do a good job. I might check out GOG. As for uh, PlayStation games, I mean, I, I, I'm a huge fan of Mega Man. So basically all of the PlayStation Mega Man games, even though X5 and X6 are not, they're not great. They're not. I can't sit here and lie to you. But they're still fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, also, the, like, you know, there's some of the classics like Ape Escape. Uh, Loved Ape Escape so much. That was a really solid game. I did not realize how much that game kind of influenced my musical style. Hmm. I went back and listened to the soundtrack. I'm like, oh, shit, I have did a song that sounds exactly like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, I was a big fan of all the Tony Hawk games. Oh, yeah. Tony Hawk's fantastic. Ooh, I played a lot of shitty platformers, though. There like were Croc. a lot. Oh, hey, Croc. Croc was fun. Croc was very charming. It was very bad. It, it was, was not good. It game. was a really, really early like, 3D platformers were bad. Yeah. Tank controls. Oh, tank controls. Oh. Yo, everywhere. Oh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Easy in my top five games all time. That has to be on there, but uh, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's yeah. probably like my top recommendation of all PlayStation games: The Symphony of the Night. Okay, okay. It's also October, and it's a spooky game. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> More totem says, "Hey guys, I just wanted to buzz market a website. If that's okay with you, we're reading this on the air. So yeah." <laughs> <laughs> Wirecutter is a great resource for finding quality products, including PC peripherals. They test a variety of products within specific categories to find consumers the best value. They break down their selections to include budget buys for people who are looking for quality but can't afford their top picks. Yeah, stuff like that is just it's just handy. You know, it's good to have. And I know we've had multiple people asking about recommendations, but we're not encyclopedic with this. No, not at all. I mean, like, keeping up with each cycle's release is tough. Yeah. Especially with video cards. Yeah, a lot of motherboards. Oh, man, yeah. You know, there's new technologies on a weekly basis. And, like, (laughs) there's a new i5 that came out that um, it's cheaper than but rivals early i7s. But... The, the new speeds of the processor, you need newer motherboards for it. So you need to have a motherboard that can handle an i7 to put in the i5 processor. Go fucking figure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of stuff I don't research until I'm actually purchasing it. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't purchased a... I haven't built a computer in a while, so this stuff doesn't even come across my desk. Oh, yeah. Like, I... If I'm asked, like, hey, what do you recommend for this build or this build, then I can give you that information, mm-hmm. but I would just have to look it up beforehand. Yeah. You know, that's not something I really keep up with. My roommate keeps up with this, which is how I even know that thing about the i5. Uh-huh. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Portuguese Charlie asks, so you guys looking forward to Thor and Justice League? I feel like it's been a while since I last felt super superhero movie hype, even though we just had Wonder Woman, which I wasn't really excited for because it was an orange story of a character that had already made her movie debut. 
Regarding consoles, I got an Xbox One S used for about 170 and Xbox is constantly having game sales almost as cheap as Steam, so I'd suggest that over the PS4, but that's just me. Love the show, and good job making it this far. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah. Haven't heard from you in a while, Portuguese Charlie. Yeah, what you doing out there in Portugal? Yeah. Mm, huh. I don't trust it. <laughs> uh, oh, God. I'm I'm looking forward to Thor. I I'm pro I'm gonna see Justice League just to see it, not in theaters because I don't want to give him money. But <laughs> <laughs> like Batman vs Superman was dog shit, but it made a bunch of money because everyone just wanted to go see it. So I'm gonna do the same thing I did with that one, pirate it. <laughs> oh man, I'm not looking forward to. Ugh. Either of those movies. Yeah, I'm really? not I'm not super hype on Thor. I'm superheroed out. I like, definitely understand that. After after I mean both of these movies are coming out before Black Panther. Yeah. But I think the last one that I'm actually going to go out of my way to see is going to be Black Panther. Yep. Like the rest of them can go fuck themselves. Even like Star Wars, like I don't really even care to see that. Yeah. I haven't seen the newest trailer for Star Wars cuz the movie's coming out relatively soon, so I'm sure the newest one is full of like more story spoilers and I I'm, I'm going to see it. Like I don't something like 6 weeks from now. Oh no, it's coming out on Christmas, isn't it? I think so. I know it, yeah, it's, it's right like, around then if it isn't actually Christmas day. 2 months. Okay, yeah. So pretty much too much to the two months to the day. Yeah. And uh Yeah, so it it's soon enough. Like I don't need I'm gonna see it, you know? Yeah. But I also definitely feel like I'm not that excited for it. For any of them. For for Thor, for Justice League, for Star Wars. Black Panther, I'm definitely gonna check out. I mean I'm probably gonna see all of them, but yeah, same. I'm not. I'm not hyped about really any superhero movies anymore. Yeah, and although it's, it's tough. I will also say, however, I wasn't even sure if I was going to see Spider Man, and I really enjoyed Spider Man Homecoming. Yeah, I mean, like I enjoyed it as well. I think having no expectations of it did help. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Having no expectations when you go into anything always helps. Yeah. God damn. Although, man, sometimes you have no expectations and you're still disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true. Oh, shit. <laughs> but, oh, well. Yeah. Was that everything? Uh, he talked about getting an Xbox for real cheap. Yeah, I mean, I would... I, I need... Well, I, I was going to say I need, but I'd like to get an Xbox at some point. And, but I think I'd rather get a new TV first. Yeah. Well, like yeah. my TV's good, but it's not 4K. Oh, yeah. And like, I'm not one to like jack off over like resolution. Yeah. But I, I need to do like a full suite of upgrades on my gear. I just got a new monitor. I was rocking one monitor and that thing's like at least six years old. So I just got a new one and the difference in quality between those two, because I mean, I'm still using my old one. Now I just have the dual monitor set up, but the difference in quality between those two was pretty huge. I thought it was a good monitor for a while. Then I have, now I have a live comparison. I'm like, oh, you ain't shit. <laughs> uh, 
text is all fuzzy the colors are off I'm like oh jeez that's awful yeah yeah I don't know actually I, I don't know I need I need money I, I might actually end up getting a second job here ooh because I want I want things I want a lot of things but you and have I, a second job we're just ain't getting paid enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, up the Patreon, boys, there so I don't go. have to start taking out trash Come at on. a restaurant. Take, tell your family, <laughs> tell your friends. Let's go. Come on. Daddy needs a new motorcycle. <laughs> Zaddy, Zaddy might have to get a third job over here. Yep. God damn, that would be fucking hell. Imagine what that would do to our times. Ugh. <laughs> We'd have to do things on nights on Saturdays. Ugh. Dude. All right. Well, you get an episode like w- twice a month, maybe. Yeah, um, your boy. That's real shit, though. I might need to get a second job so I can start buying a bunch of shit that I want. I understand because, like, this is like the job that I have now is like save money. Like, this is what you do, and you you save money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But now it's like, all right. Well, it's about time. Like, I I want things. Oh, I feel that. I've been I've been working freelance exclusively for the past two months. Like, not I don't have like a full time job at the moment. I'm just working freelance. Sorry, and uh, hello. Hello. Oh, dude. Uh... You really interrupted something important. Fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Some guy from American Solar. Well, anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, it's all good. I, I've been working freelance exclusively for the past two months. Like, I don't have a full-time job to, like, you know, really keep them bills paid. And I make money. Like, I'm fine. But I've been, you know saving the money and I have to like actually plan my shit out and like yo I just want to buy things man I need a new phone I just want to buy shit <laughs> like I was making pretty good money when I was working full time now it's it's dwindled a little bit I'm like yo I want things I want to do things y'all yeah yeah that's that's like the hardest part about being an adult like you want to be responsible, or you have, you have to, be. to be responsible. Yeah, or else you're just gonna fuck yourself extra hard. But I mean, otherwise, oh god, the option, the option is like a fucking pay, play fast and loose. Yeah, it's like living life with no condom. Yeah, Ugh. do that shit raw. Well, anyway, thanks everybody for listening to yeah. this week's edition of Real Nerd Hours. I've been Denzel. I've been Chet. You can follow the show on Twitter at XRealNerdHours. You can follow me on Twitter at ThatDenzel. You can follow Chet on Twitter at... BushidoBrownSD. Excellent. Yeah. (laughs) You can join us on the subreddit at RealNerdHours.Reddit.com. Smash that motherfucking subscribe button. Please do. You You can like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash real nerd hours podcast Gia. and you can support the show on patreon at patreon.com slash real nerd hours just real quick on patreon there's talk about them getting rid of adult content on patreon it's because they came into some money and their investors don't want to be associated with porno yeah i'm really curious what that's gonna do to like some of them top earners 
like Momo Kuhn and, and Jessica Negri. It's how I mean, adult is this content? I don't know. It's uh, I mean, does it if count they, if you don't show a nipple? They'll just move over to Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> they'll find their platform yeah, they, yeah they'll yeah. find it doesn't fucking matter yeah. it doesn't matter get your money yeah do your thing girl <laughs> uh you can give us a call at 413 savage one savage and you can send us an email at askrnh at gmail.com yeah thanks again everybody and we'll see you next thursday y'all have a good night <laughs> <laughs>